Hello and welcome to another episode of the Revamp and Rebuild podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Mr. Saul Katz. And we're going to be talking about transformations and what goes on behind the scenes there. So, Saul, I'll just allow you to introduce yourself quickly. Sure. Sure. So um, my name is Saul, obviously. Um, my brand is SK Coaching. Um, I have been a PT now for uh, coming up to 12 years um, and then moved into the online space, well, moved more into the online space um, during COVID when obviously everyone, all PTs sort of lost their business. Um, predominantly, I work with um, people who are looking to transform their physique. Um, but that's not that's not only, but that's that's my main market. Tends to be guys who are 25 to 35 looking to um, uh, complete a body transformation. I also do the, do it with women. It just happens if you look on my socials and my following, etc. It's 25 to 35 year old guys is my main uh, my main following really. Perfect, perfect. And I definitely recommend we'll, um, I'll get you to share your Instagram handles and everything at the end of this episode. So sure. guys, please do check out Soul's page and his transformations are absolutely epic. Um, and today I just want to talk to you about some of the common challenges that you mm. feel your clients face and the steps to overcome. A lot of people listen to this podcast, um, want to go through their own body transformation, might be a little frustrated with, you know, with where they're at. I'd just love to get your insight into the common challenges that you see people face and how yep. you help them overcome them. Sure. So I think the first um, first step is really assessing someone someone's history. So obviously, I'll always do a consultation um, and get them to fill out medical questionnaires and things. But it's it's mostly so you can assess where they what they've tried in the past and where they've been, because a lot of people when they start a transformation process or let's just group weight loss body fat reduction muscle gain we're gonna for i'm gonna group it all in body transformation um they, they tend to have negative connotations or negative experiences with it which um i find so they will have either tried to drop body fat in the past i mean probably i assume about 95 percent of the world has tried at some point to drop some body fat um and they probably haven't if they're coming to me they probably haven't got where they want to go um they've probably been to the gym a lot over the years on and off and never really gotten where they want to go and there's this whole experience and every time they go there it's this experience of taking away so the classic is i've got to drop carbs uh which you don't by the way um but it's i've got to stop doing x y and z i've got to drop carbs i've got to drop fat i've got to give up X, Y, and Z, I've got to give up my socials, got to change this, got to change that. And if instead of taking away, you start adding things in, so up your protein, increase your steps, increase your water, um, just think of all the things you can add in and make the first focus on what, what positive impact this is going to have in your life, rather than thinking of, I've got to take away all these things, oh, I'm, I'm going to feel more healthy, I'm going to be able to play with my kids more, I'm going to have more energy. Think of not just the physical transformation, but the actual positive things it's going to bring to your bring to your life. Yeah, I, abs I absolutely love that because there's this big thing with in terms of restriction, right? And mm. then a lot of people, particularly if they've tried, as you say, to lose weight in the past or get in shape and they've had a, a negative experience, there's always that feeling of loss and that builds then a negative relationship with 100%. exercise. Yeah. So in terms of with the adding stuff in, because I love that, I love that frame. 
Mm. What, um, how would you, would you just like drip feed that in, in terms of like you get the client in and. Yeah, it's very much client dependent in terms of where, where they are in their journey, because the majority of my clients aren't untrained. They tend, they tend to have a decent level of training history. Uh, to some degree. When I say decent, I don't mean um, coaches who are looking to drop like 3% of their body fat for a, a um, for a transformation. I mean, um, you have a guest. <laughs> um, uh, I, I mean, people who have played sport probably in the past haven't played for the last five years, gotten a little bit out of shape, life's taken its toll, etc. So we have a look at where the client is and then you assess because if it might be a case of literally let's just start by eating more vegetables and more protein if they're very very close to the beginning or it could be they've already got their protein steps their their training quite well it would be a case of tidying up their training uh, getting them to sleep better so it's it's more it's very person dependent i would say as to what tools i use but definitely i would i wouldn't give them all the tools in the toolbox cuz otherwise you've got nowhere to go really yeah that's true as well and i think i don't well i don't know this of course but i think sometimes i think from my experience as well it's like when a client comes on it feels like they're kind of like really is that it is that all i have to do and i think there's so much noise on on social media and what what you have to do i think that can be very confusing for people yeah actually and it's actually just yeah like you say adding stuff in and enjoying the process i think is mm. so important i think as well when you when when you overwhelm someone it's just they're just never gonna never gonna stick to it because yeah motive most motivation will be high to begin with and then typically it wanes about three to four weeks um even even if they're seeing results it's still that initial like oh my god sort of what's it called shiny object syndrome it kind of <clears throat> fades after about three to four weeks and if you've given somebody who's never uh or not trained very much, you give them five sessions a week, you put them on low calories, you're you're taking away their social life, you're getting them to walk 15,000 steps a day. You're basically just completely overwhelming them. Yeah. They're, they're going to stick to it for the first three to four weeks because they're buzzing off a new program. And then when they realize, oh my God, this is horrendous, they're, no, they're not going to stick to it. And if, even if they do, what happens after their transformation? Because... I always talk to people about an exit strategy. What is your exit strategy? Can you do this forever? Because if you can, great. Then keep going. If you can't, if you can't see yourself doing fifteen, I don't. I can't do fifteen thousand steps. Train five times a week. I've got and I've got a business to run. Two kids. Like there's no no way, no chance. I'm doing that. So you've got to think of what's viable for you. Yeah, I think that is absolutely gold. I'm just going to get you to go over that again, please, if you don't mind, because I think having eggs, that's what people don't necessarily see. Like if we see a lot of these pictures on Instagram, don't get me wrong, some of them are incredible, but it's, it's the after, the after photos, like we were speaking about before this call. I think that's so key. It's building that new normal for yourself. Like mm. see a lot of people that come and, you know, they'll do really, really well for period of weeks like say if there's a if there's a if there's a goal or an outcome they've got a wedding they've got a holiday or something they can do that fifteen thousand steps not socialize become a hermit be miserable for that long yeah but then they'll just go straight back to their old old habits having that exit strategy is is so important and i do i do think there's actually there is a time and a place for that so if someone has got a photo shoot or a let's call it a d-day so 
wedding, yeah. deposition, etc. They've got a deadline, right? There yeah. is a time, in my opinion, for pushing yourself into misery because I actually think it doesn't have to be, it doesn't they literally have to be miserable, but pushing yourself hard will be. <laughs> it probably will be, yeah. Which is again, it's not such a bad thing. Learning I, I don't I don't see the process of learning to struggle as a negative in that I I think depend depending on how far you go. But if you can if you're coached how to come out of that negative, yeah. it's a positive thing because I was talking to someone yesterday about oh what the hell's his name? Flex Lewis, who um, I imagine most of you watching this, listening to this, probably have no idea who Flex Lewis is. Flex Lewis is uh, one of the best bodybuilders of all time. And on his podcast, he talked about how every single session, he never misses one rep, never stops early, never does anything that isn't to program. And the reason behind it is because if it's condition, it's open conditioning, right? So if you start missing one rep, then next week it's two, then it's a set, then it's half a session, then it's your whole session. And then you start get building these habits. And I think learning to push yourself into pain for a short period, structured pain, is not actually a negative thing if you have an exit strategy out of it. So that last three weeks before wedding photo shoot, sometimes we push you hard, but there is a, there is a way out. It's not 15, 20,000 steps forever. It's not low calories forever. It's do that three weeks short period get your focus in and out you go i love that and what and i completely agree and it's like mm. all, all the discipline and standards and commitment to yourself through that process and i think that in this world today we're always talked about balance and stuff but actually like to achieve something a lot of the time you have to be out of balance a little bit 100 to have that to have that later the only thing that with, with that it's like something you're, someone such yourself that right i kick off this photo shoot then i got the exit strategy i think some person who'd never experience the, the hunger and all that kind of things that you go through <laughs> when you're pushing yourself that far you might potentially think that that is what it's like forever in terms of maintaining that body shape so how do you address your clients and take them through that from maybe like a mindset perspective i'll tell them depending depending on how lean they're, they're getting um i'll tell them that it's not it's not forever um because um i've obviously most of you watching this won't know my history i i used to compete it's called it's called fitness modeling it's basically bodybuilding but without like giant muscles decent sized muscles not 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 shall we say Um, (laughs) and so i used to compete in that so i got down to very 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 low body fat um like like six seven percent something uh i got measured at 4.2 which was yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I looked like I was dying, um, <laughs> and I felt really healthy. Yeah, um, um, look good though, so it's all worth it, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And um, uh, now, now showing off, I can't remember what the uh, where I was going with that. Oh yes, so how to how to sustain this? So that is not sustainable, no matter what you do, unless you take, I suppose, a lot of drugs. But then you're going to die anyway, so yeah. it's not sustainable. If if you're getting above ten percent for guys so there is a way of sustaining that and, it, and it, it's a hard process and you've got to live your life by that process but how to how to maintain out of that know that you are not going to be as you can get there again but you're not going to live your life like that i think that was the biggest struggle for me when i competed coming out of it was and i struggled for years i haven't competed uh i don't know when it was 
2015, I think, um, my last one. Um, I haven't competed since then. And I, I knew I couldn't say that lean, but anything above that was then fat in my head. And that's not, that's not the case. Being 8%, which is double that, is not fat. You're very, very, very lean at that point. And I think, so talking to someone, knowing, okay, this, this isn't going to be the way you're going to live. You're going to be roughly around here. And you basically just build, build the mental part is the more important part. How we do the calories, do you, do you want to know that sort of thing? Or is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, so you just basically would reverse diet them. So you just start adding in 100 calories for about three days, then the, then the next 100, then the next 100. But part of, part of that is basically to help them physiologically, but part of it is psychologically. I, I was talking to a, had a sales call with a girl the other day who she was on this, how mad is this? She was on this boot camp, not boot camp, fast fat loss reduction thing in, in eight weeks. Okay and um, <clears throat> training four to five times a week uh, and swimming. And uh, they put her on six to 700 calories a day. What? Six to 700. I said to her, I said- How long? It's the whole Eight time. Weeks. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. And I said to her that that is the lowest I've ever heard. Um, and she's, uh, I'm, can I, yeah. She's 12-ish uh, stone. So, she needs a lot more calories than that, right? I mean, anyone, I think my kids must, yeah, my kids easily eat way more than that, and they're four and two. Um, so it's- even, it, if, even if you're not moving, that's like incredibly low. It's, right? it's, lower, than, it's, it's lower than your resting yeah, weight. Right? So basically, you're for cognitive function, for respiration, and- You've barely got enough for that. Yeah, yeah, it's not that, it's not that. Because yeah. you would, to do that, to, without going too sciencey into it, as a woman, you take your weight and times it by 22, guy by 24. That gives you a rough guide on your resting metabolic rate, which is literally enough to keep you alive. And it's below that. Um, so she'll be dipping into some serious resources there. What um, was her experience with that, like, out of interest? She must have felt like absolute shit. Well, she was on a sales call with me. So what does that tell you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then it, it tells you she feels like absolute shit. She said, should I be getting weaker in the gym? I thought I'd get stronger. I'm like, well, no, no, because your, your body's dying. Obviously, it's not literally, but it's, it's breaking. And um, where I was going with the muscle first, right? It's like heavy. Don't need that. Yeah, exactly. Doors, right. And where, where I was going with that is that with her, I said to her, she said, all right, so how many calories would I be on with you? And I was like, probably start about 16, 1700. And then I was like, but I actually wouldn't with you because physiologically, it probably wouldn't work. But also, I said, mentally, you're coming from a place now where you see six, no matter what I tell you, you see scales down calorie and calories, and you equate that to, oh, I'm losing body fat. Yes. You know, and, and that, that positive thing of, oh, yeah, we're losing weight, we're feeling good, and, and, and then that will be instilled in you, right? So, That's I said, so what we, yeah, and I'd say if I gave you 1,600 calories, you wouldn't do it because you're scared because to lose weight, you must eat six 700 calories. So he's giving me 1,600. What's going to happen to me? So I said, so we'd actually start on 1,000 for about two weeks. And then, oh, sorry, a week, sorry. And then once you're comfortable and you realize you're not ballooning and the scales aren't bouncing up rapidly, we then probably get to a place where we agree. Obviously, I take the lead as the coach, 
but this is it's a process so we'd say maybe 1200 leave it for a week you're going to see the scales aren't going up you're going to feel less anxious she has, she has a history this is the other thing she has a history of disordered eating Right. And they're giving her six to seven hundred calories. It's like how to how to do that. that, that they, they didn't care. I assume they don't care if they're doing that to people. They don't care. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, so when we get to twelve hundred, you'd feel less anxious. You'd start having a better relationship with food, scales, your body, all these other things. You'd have a lot of energy, and then we'd go up and up and up until we find a place where you're really comfortable. You're feeling good about yourself, and you're actually can function as a human being. And there's all the things you want. Um, so, I, I think the biggest thing there is getting over that. And I also want to ask you as well. So when you said you when you were four percent, you're going to eight percent, mm. and you probably had a bit of maybe like body dysmorphia there. I thought you were getting fat. How did you? What was going on in your head then? And how did you get over that? Because that's what a lot of people go through, right? Um, yeah. Let me just. I'm just going to have to move. Just come in my brother's office, and he's just coming. That's all. Got mine. That's all right. Here you go. So. <laughs> no problem at all. This is just how we do things here. Yeah, exactly. Um, nice authentic chat. <laughs> exactly. Look at this as if it's in a as if it's in a podcast studio. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, right. How's, How's the light here? That's fine. Um, so say again. What was the what was the question? So my question was that when you were going from four percent to eight percent, and you thought hmm. you were going like wrong way and you have all those negative associations of eating more calories and eating more food and that's something that I think a lot of people can relate to, right? Especially when they're coming out of the diet or they'll, or they'll start to think like, oh, if I have this, if I eat this pizza, I'm automatically going to become overweight mm. or, or all of this kind of thing or I failed or all this. It's a very, it's a very thing. It's a hard thing to, to get over. And I was just wondering what was going on in your head at the time. How did you, how did you get yourself through that? I didn't is the answer. Um, <laughs> I suffered with uh, eating disorders and body dysmorphia for the following, um, let's say it was 2015, I don't remember exactly, yeah. but let's call it then, until I'd say I started improving in 2021, 2022. Yeah, that's mad. I mean, I, 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 I've had an eating disorder as, as well. What? It's good, interesting how the chats go in certain ways, right? And I think yeah. that's so key because this is what I actually see a lot. Um, and I'm sure you do as well. People eating low calories. That's what they've been told by things like Slimming World. And, and we're, we're told mm. always, right, you know, eat more, move less. Sorry. Yeah, eat less, move more. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty sweet. And, and that's a real thing i think that does and then a lot of these things do because I, i've never i haven't done i've never competed did a did a photo shoot and i got didn't get four percent don't get me wrong but got lead and like my word that gave me eating disorders and, and bad things about food i think it's showing showing people that and this is the aim of this podcast that the after the before and after photos can look great and don't get me wrong a lot of them are incredible incredible uh things to do but it's not necessarily the, the full picture right there's a lot of play there and mm. that is the thing that when we do get too focused on that, it can cause a lot, a lot of issues. If you, you yeah. struggle with that for six years, that's pretty, pretty mega, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's not the not the easiest, and even even now, it's it's still. I I um, I do my own podcast and uh, had someone on last week, and we were discussing our eating disorders um, and sort of how our coping strategies. And I said I feel like it's. Um, it's like being sober when people say they're they're in recovery, don't they? You're never from alcoholism or drug abuse. 
you know, people say, oh, I'm 27 years in recovery. So that tells you that that word is that it's not done and dusted. That's it's an ongoing process forever, really. And I think that's how that's how I view mine is that it's uh, it, occasionally I get the thoughts. Absolutely. Um, but it isn't. I, it's something I know how to deal with now. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's a process. It's a, a long, long process. Yeah, I, I certainly feel that as well and like i still i still get the thoughts but i think if most of the time you're I, i've always heard that as well with the with the, with the eating disorder you always kind of have it a bit but it's having it under under control and betting better coping coping mechanisms yeah I always get tongue-tied saying that it's so frustrating um but um obviously it's great that you're feeling good now right and, it's, mm. and you can use that experience to help other people um just just moving on a little bit here yep. just, just like going back to your to body transformations and the work that you do what do you think i'm putting on the spot here slightly it's like what do you think separates those people who get great results and those people that don't um it's it's entirely down to mindset that's yeah. the the one big separator the the ones who are willing to push themselves um into pain when they train and those last four weeks um, I would say that they need to, I would say there's, there is levels of sacrifice. It depends on the, the really, really sort of high level transformations, weight, weight loss. You can go through a lot. You can, you don't have to give up very much. You can, you adhere to it a bit. There's a lot of, I've got what's what I call lifestyle and photo shoot transformation and a photo shoot transformation isn't necessarily in a photo shoot. I just call it that. It's a it's a D day. It's it's for this day. Yeah, you're, going, you're going to look good, right? Lifestyle is as it suggests forever, and it's just a continuous journey of just getting better. Photo shoot is with the D day. Um, and what is what is a separating factor? Uh, people who are willing to give up for certain periods, certain things, um, alcohols, um, and uh, yeah, d- dinner dinners where it's not not even dinners out it's it's crappy crappy foods basically if, if you're if you're if you're eating a lot of takeaways or things like that they've got to go um they've got to go exactly and i talk <laughs> about not taking things away but it depends on what level you want to achieve if you want to get sub 10 body 10 percent body fat you can't have it all um and I'm, i am very real with that i'm very honest with that but that, that wouldn't be at the starting point where I'd start them is adding things in and then you start using your tools and taking them away again, but in a in a positive way and telling them that this can go back in then and X, Y, and Z. And I basically give someone, I show them the plan over the 12, 16, 20 weeks that they can see, okay, this is coming back in then, you get a refeed then, etc. So it's, what is it? It's, it's a willingness to push yourself through pain in the gym and outside the gym willingness to do the things that people don't think about sleep improving your sleep habits um improving your steps is quite a common one these days um stress management so um being being kind to yourself going maybe for a massage going for a walk getting out in nature um and positive self-talk that's the math that's a huge one i I went to um a seminar about eating disorders uh in i think it was november and they said they were showing the markers on positive self-talk versus negative self-talk 
and the difference in recovery of eating disorders and body dysmorphia. And it's insane. It's absolutely insane how you look at, you know, when I was at my worst of body dysmorphia, I was absolutely, I mean, I can, I can put it up on a set. It's, it's right at the top of my photo, so I know where it is. I was absolutely dreaded. Fuck me. Yeah, I was disgustingly shredded. And I <clears throat> and I'd still be like, ooh, got a bit of fat there. Ooh, not that not yeah, that vascular there, there, are you? Not ooh, got a bit of skin. <laughs> and it's like negative, negative, negative. When actually you look like a freak because you're so lean. <laughs> like people don't want to look like that because you're too lean. Um so if you start using positive positive self-talk. Wow, so you're doing really well on this journey, blah, blah, blah. And you start positive self-talk. It just helps you so much with that stress management along the way. And then afterwards in the recovery phase where it's like you are you are still worthy. You're stronger now. You've got more energy. You're happier. You're not as anxious. Uh, I was taking um, like drugs, uh, fat burning drugs to get there. Uh, so, you know, all the, that's the They're positive. They, they must make you feel not great, right? I see. Sorry? The fat burning drugs. Um, I I'm I'm completely honest um, with everybody that throughout my life I have experienced with lots of different class A drugs and things like that. They are the worst things I've ever taken in my life. If uh, if people listening or people who have done it think like oh, cocaine must be bad, this must be bad, that must be bad. It's nothing on clenbuterol. Nothing. Not a patch. It's it's like. You've gone to Ibiza for five days, all in one day, but without without the without, without 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 any of the good stuff. In yeah, it's literally just the negative, horrendous. Um, you lean though, but yeah, I was shredded. <laughs> Honestly, I was training once. I was doing, uh, and I said to my mate, I was in my peak week, and I was like, mate, can you just um. No, no, it's week four, peak week. And uh, I said, mate, can you just push me through a session? I can't get through it by myself. He was like, yeah, sure. It was a leg session, obviously the worst. Yeah, yeah. I was doing walking lunges, and he said to me, so you've got to stop. And I was like, oh, carry on going. He's like, so you have to stop. You're going to die. He was like, your heart is going to give up. Stop. And I just remember, like, my heart like, on the floor. Couldn't catch my breath, anything. Like, it was really bad. Guys, horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never do any of that stuff guys <laughs> never ever ever i said it on my podcast as well that like that is the last thing you should ever resort to because it is it's it can kill you it can kill you pretty much on the spot yeah i mean it just sounds i mean like yeah i've been yeah it's bad very bad very bad very bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you said turns you into a freak anyway <laughs> yeah turns me into a freak. I, I love that i might try and put that in the uh in the in the in the uh title of this of this podcast and just to just to round up round, round up so i'm just gonna put you on the spot a little bit again sure. so in terms of, i just want to get you to say your like three best bits of advice or guidance to anyone looking to do their own body transformation or they're looking to um, you know really take strides with their body this year what would you what would you recommend they do it could be anything mindset nutrition training yeah um i would say um embrace em, embrace the struggle like um, hire a coach whether that whether that is for body transformations whether that's for running whether that is for anything anything you're looking to do with your body it will take you people think of it as an expense but actually the amount of money you've probably spent over the years paying for gym memberships and things like that and not going is probably a lot more than that coach is going to cost you and it was it's a short-term thing i don't look to take my 
clients on forever. It's a short-term thing, short, medium, um, so that they can understand the processes and your coach should be teaching you the processes so that you can fly solo um, afterwards. So yeah, hire, hire, a, hire a coach, embrace the struggle. And um, I would say just find some, find a sport or not necessarily sport, but find something you really enjoy because that will get you so much further. If you go into the process every single day, oh, I hate the gym, I hate this gym, I hate the sled, I hate the chest press, I hate this, whatever it may be, you will not carry it on. Um, and you'll get really that, that negative, the thing I spoke about right at the beginning, that negative association with the gym, that's all you'll, all you'll think about. Whereas if you find, I, I now do strongman, Right, and I uh, for those of you who don't know what that is like you know like world's strongest man we see at Christmas Channel Five. It's that sort of thing. Sadly, not at that level. Um, but I lift up big rocks, kegs, anything that if it's big, I, I can find. Up. Sorry, if it's big, pick it up. If it's big and heavy, you pick it up basically. Yeah. Um, and since I've done that, I've focused so much less on my body, and actually, I've stayed in shape for the long. Like I always go up and down. I've just continuously stayed in shape since focusing on something that isn't aesthetics. So find something that you really, really love in the gym and go for it. Absolutely love that. Those three things could not agree more with. It's all like, and again, a lot to do with mindset. I think hiring a coach is so, so valuable as well. When I've, mm. I've had periods when I haven't had one myself and it's kind of like, because you, you work with Nick still, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been with my coach for, I think, three and a half years. I have a business coach. I've had four business coaches now, like they each for different things. Um, and even on this weekend, <laughs> this is how much I believe in the coaching process. So I have an Olympic lifting coach for when I do my Olympic lifting. I've got Nick, who is my main, my main mentor and my main coach. And then this Saturday, just gone, Nick doesn't specialize in strongman. So me and Nick went to go and have a session with another strongman coach so that's how much i believe in the strongman uh, on the, in coaching process find someone who is specialist at what they are at, at what you want and seek as much advice as possible yeah absolutely love that and that is a great way to finish so, so thank you very much for, for coming on i just want you to just to say on here obviously you know how people get in touch with you if they want to ask you any questions sure. like that just sure it's um it's Soul Cats Coaching, oh, sorry, at Soul Cats Coaching on Instagram. Um, email is saul at soulcatscoaching.co.uk. Perfect. And I'll, I'll put that in the, in the show notes as well. Amazing. So, thank you very much. It's been absolutely epic. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming, thank you for coming on the show. Let's leave it there.